Send me an angel. Send me an angel. How do you, how do you not? How do you not just get so fired up when you hear that? Right now. That's that's so not a fired up song. Are you kidding me right, right now? Hold on a second. Now. It's it's in Send my, me an angel, bro. It's I'm in, gonna go fucking squat. It's Send in, me an angel. It's in my. Doesn't po- sound like it's it. in my playlist <laughs> to get me going. I think because you've you associated don't have the same attachment to it. So. No, you've associated. I, have, I do. That's it. I you do. Connected it to. I do. I do. A movie that you watched as a child that really impacted you. Because I, at that point in my life, I was almost certain I was going to be a professional BMXer. There you go. That's what I thought. Because of the movie Rad? I don't even know what it was. So I've never seen the movie, right? going to be a pro BMXer. So So I've never seen the movie. And this is, I don't know if you guys have ever. green and white bike. I don't know if you guys have ever encountered this situation, but there's a movie that you're very fond of when you're a kid. And you're just like, that is really a good fucking movie. It's amazing. I had great connection to it when I was a kid. You don't watch it for watch it now. You you watch it as an adult, and you're like, "Wow, that was shit." Yeah, like, wow, that was uh, awful. Yeah, so I've never seen the movie Rad that you guys talk about so much. I watched. I watched the trailer. So this is different. The trailer alone is horrible. No, it's not. It's fucking horrible. That is so not true. The the horrible. How can you say that? How can you say that? It's not true. I told Katrina brought this up last night. We were literally just talking about this last night. Who, someone posted on the forum, right? Was that you who did that? I did. Okay, so, so you posted. I tagged you guys. So you posted on the forum. I was showing Katrina. You should have named it something because it's not red at all. And she goes, hey, she said the exact same thing that you said right now. She goes, well, how come you feel that way about this movie? I feel like there's a ton of movies that I watched a billion times over when I was younger, and then I watched them as an adult. She goes, but I watch when you watch that, and I can see it oh. in your eyes. You are genuinely into the movie still, and you, <laughs> yeah. and you really enjoy it. And I says, yeah. I, I want to see Adam, like, he's sitting on the chair like Dude, it's right, it's right on par with, like, the very first Karate Kid. Well, let me... Let, no, no, oh, oh. Let, let me, let yeah. me make oh, this... Damn it. Let me yeah, make this no. very Rad clear for kid. me. Karate Kid was the stupidest thing ever oh, my, watch it again. Right this is why Rad is different. This is why Rad is different for me. Rad is the movie okay oh. of all movies that i've watched the most because it was the movie i don't remember what year it came out but i had to have been somewhere between five and ten years old when it first came so out. you were real young yes and remember i know you guys know you have kids this young your kid always has that there was a movie right yeah. that they had during five to ten years old growing up well star wars was one of my first that watched. they watched so there you go over and over and over and over again so rad was that movie like mm-hmm. every time my mom went to the the local flamingo video right down the street mm. i would tell her mom bring me back rad mom bring me back rad Didn't flamingo me- video flamingo video they had a back room huh i they did actually they did. Yeah. And uh, it's funny. Was it that beads up. that came down or was it like, you know what I mean? Like to, to separate it? You know, I don't. That, re- the, the, the beads of shame. I actually think it was even worse. Than I think it was like a bed sheet. I think they just like tacked, <laughs> they tacked up like a bed sheet. Up how, Some guy that's bald just like walks up. Dude, how horny. Sweaty. How sweaty. Think about the, the state of mind that a man is in where he's going to a public. Well, it's a private business, but there's a lot of people in there. Right. It's, it's a video store. And what people don't realize, a lot of kids, a lot of you kids don't understand, the video store was busy. Friday, Saturday night, there was a lot of fucking people You ever in there. try to put one of those videos in a different sleeve and then check it out? We did that one time. Wow. Oh, like an adult video? Yeah, there's the adult video, and then we put it in like NeverEnding Story or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. <laughs> How did that work and, out for you? Uh, I think you that we caught. got caught. Yeah, yeah, I don't, caught. yeah, I don't yeah. Think But, but imagine the state of mind a guy has to be in where he's walking in this place. There's all these people in. There's families in there. There's a long line waiting. People are renting movies. You're so horny. 
You're just like, I don't even care. I'm going to walk <laughs> in the back room in front of everybody and yeah. walk out, and everyone's going to know hey, kids. that I walked out with some sh- Pardon me. Filth. Yeah, um, no, it, it's pretty I got crazy. a boner to take care of. We, that, we, <laughs> we were a part of that generation that, I mean, uh, to watch the video cassette, you know, movie rental thing evolve like super fast, right? Hell like, yeah. Like our whole childhood, it was like, you know, you go rent video cassettes, and it was pretty much mom, pop, then Blockbuster came, right? And then DVD came, Blu-ray came, and then it was like, and then all of a sudden, boom, it was all gone. It was like, we watched this whole whoop, and then now a business that any of your, your kids will never even understand. Well, how that. nostalgia, like, how nostalgic is it? Because, like, I still see some VHS, like, places like that that have the posters for, like, you know, all these old action movies. Totally stuff. a cover, right? Yeah. It's totally a cover for your drug business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it must be because I'm like, nobody is I mean, it's in like city. small towns, you know, yeah, like all you have is like the VCR, nobody, this cabin. Nobody is I, when I would go, When anymore. I would go with my dad, it was my favorite thing to do. <laughs> even, 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 it's a cover and I knew it. It's, of course it's a cover. Yeah, even bums have iPhones now, so there's no way anyone, yeah, yeah. nobody has a cassette player, sorry. Yeah. Definitely, and if you do still have a cassette player, it's because you just haven't thrown it away Well, you know what I'm going to do. You're not renting movies. I'm creating a new business where it's like, okay, we're just going to have VHS, like, rental, and then right next to it's an arcade. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, two of the most dinosaur businesses that were awesome in the 80s. You get a bunch of string on that. Get a bunch of sad, bunch of hipsters. There's something to say about arcade. The reason why we have arcade games in here. There's something cooler about still playing, grabbing the the joystick and the buttons and standing. I don't know. And even like I feel like interacting with it. How did your kids when you had the party over here? Did they play that or they just say fuck it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got into it. Yeah. How could you not? See, I feel like arcade games are still. Still, those will. I mean, God, those were around forever, right? And they're yeah. still are still carrying. They're not as like they used to be. Like when we were kids, where we would be nickel arcades and shit playing all day long yeah. and stuff. To, no, I don't know exist no. still. I remember my dad used to go to the v, the place to rent a movie, and it was like a big deal. And I'd be like, "Can I go with you?" And then we'd go there, and I would walk through the horror section just to look at the boxes because they were so fucking scary. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so I'm a young kid. My dad's looking for movies. Like Chucky. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and then you got Gremlins. Yeah, and, all the shit. Uh, it's amazing. All the how, crappy movies. Yeah. That, it's it's amazing how instantaneous we have Little Shop of now. Horrors. Like, that, was that, like a, uh, that was like a Friday thing, right? Like you go to Blockbuster, yeah. you walk around, you grab you grab a movie, you grab like three movies and then you vote with your girl. Like, no, I don't want to watch that one. No, no, I want to watch no, this one. Friday okay. the 13th. You go wait in line and, and then go find another one. And, you know, do that. One of the biggest fights I ever got into with my girlfriend because I was a kid we went there and we were picking movies and she wanted to watch some stupid shit and I wanted to watch something awesome of course that's not biased or not. I know and I wanted to watch something awesome and she's like you always get what you want I'm gonna yeah. get what I want and I'm like I pay for the video I picked. I had to pull. I had to pull rank. Like, wow! I'm paying for this shit. What a dick you I are. pick. Listen, tonight is Rocky Three. We got a huge. Yeah, That's we it. already watched <laughs> yeah, it. Tonight's Rocky. We watched three. it last night. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen this movie. What an asshole! He I, is I see this every <laughs> time. <laughs> it's Rocky Three. Bitch, I'm paying for <laughs> it. We're watching Rocky Three again. <laughs> pull, out, pull out your wallet and rent yeah. that movie yourself. That's yeah. what she did. Didn't Listen. do that. Uh, so I won. And I pressed yeah. If you're, if you, you can pick the candy. If you don't shut your if you don't shut your mouth, I'm going to rewind the training part fucking three yeah. times tonight. <laughs> We're going to montage the shit out of this. <laughs> and then remember, remember, you get like a fine if you don't rewind, rewind your video. Like, well, yeah. A dollar fine if you don't rewind. Be kind, rewind. Yeah. Ah, that's, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's Damn an old it. saying. That's so Those great. are good times. That's Damn so it. Great. Did you guys get that? Uh, well, I'm sure you guys are getting lots of messages, but there was that one person who's now gone through. The, they, they got the super bundle when it first came out. 
And now they're going through maps aesthetic because the way we, you know, how we organize it, right? Maps anabolic, maps performance, maps aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome to see these people move through the programs and then have these kind of epiphanies as they go through them because they're so, they're different. Right. They're all complementary. Especially when they do it in succession like that. Like they go through maps anabolic, then they get in through performance and you really see this like contrast that, and it plays out the way that we want it to play out, which is great. My favorite messages are from people who are um, surprised. Like there was one guy who's a trainer experienced, went through maps anabolic, ex- you know, expected to get lots of strength gains, which he did. Then went through mass performance, but he was kind of bodybuilding minded. Mm-hmm. So he was like, well, I don't know if I want to go through this. And I was messaging back and forth. He's like, my goal is aesthetic mainly. And I'm like, trust me, mobility, movement, it will totally contribute to your aesthetics. You just got to go through the program and get through that process. And at the end of it, he's like, uh, I didn't really like, he goes, I'm more connected. My delts grew, my legs grew. He's like, this is crazy. I totally get what you guys mean in Have terms of mobility. Range of motion, yeah. Then he went on a trip and he's like, what do I do? Should I just take time off? I'm going to be gone for two and a half weeks. I said, no, do maps anywhere. He's like, well, I've done body weight stuff. Again, he's got that kind of, you know, I've already done body weight stuff before. I don't know. I said, trust me. It's the, the way it's programmed is totally different. He comes back and he sends me another message. He's like, I've never done no equipment, you know, type programming that I actually felt like I was gaining. Like I felt like my body was progressing again now he's in aesthetic maps aesthetic mm-hmm. and the dude's tripping out and is contemplating doing his first uh, like physique type competition which is i think i forwarded his, his information to you adam but i love seeing people go through the programs and being surprised yeah it, ta- it definitely takes an open mind i mean because there's there's a way there's a preconceived idea like he thought about body weight training like that right and we all, we also had that same uh, mentality, and uh, that's why we wanted to pursue those uh, those different avenues and, and see if we could improve on those. And so that's what Maps really is all about for me. Is like we really just collectively uh, gathered all the you know the the information that we've acquired over the years, and we put it together. And we're like, how can we optimize and make this process even better? I think what people forget is that they get a program, and it's either programmed out for the week, so it's like this micro. You know, they're kind of looking at it on a on a micro level. Like, okay, this is what I do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I'm going to repeat that. And if I change anything, it's going to be some reps here and there, and I'll throw in a few things here and there. But they look at it on a weekly basis. Then the more the better programmed type of routines or programs will be on a like two cycle, three cycle type thing, right? Right. What people don't realize is you you want to all you want to take a broader look and look at the even bigger picture. And what uh, you know, what we've done through our programs, through our Super Maps bundle, for example, is you're looking at this massive macro cycle. You are looking at basically a year worth of programming, and it's broken up into smaller cycles of you know three and four phase type programs, whether you, which depending on the maps program. But each maps program, each phase is its own small pro, all, its own small you know cycle, and so you're getting kind of this consistent progress on a short-term and long-term basis. And I'm going to tell you right now, realistically speaking, the dramatic gains you're going to make are going to happen. The big, big dramatics the before and after is going to happen over the course of a year. You know, it doesn't happen in 30 days. It happens over the course of a year. And you would be shocked and surprised at how far you can take your body if everything is planned and programmed out. And if all, if the different forms of adaptation are taken into account, and if they're all put together in a way that they complement each other. And that's what we've done when we've put together 
our super maps bundle. You know, it's something that's cool too. I meant to give Doug a shout out for this. I got a message about uh, all the videos that are up there now. So it's really neat. And we've been get we for a long time there. You know, we get people that have uh, been listening to the show for a while because we didn't do a lot of commercials when we first started off. And they're like, um, I, how do I, I don't understand what maps am I supposed to do? And, you know, they wanted more information on that. And on the website, you can kind of read a little bit, you know, on each program, what they entail. But, uh, you know, we had gone through this uh, early this year and actually created a video that goes into detail for each program. So now you can get on the website, mindpumpmedia.com. You can go to uh, whatever, you know, bundle program package like that, click on the video, go through the whole video and explains all the programs and details, which is really cool. So this month with the super maps bundle, which includes all of our maps programs, it's the most complete of all of our bundles and programs this month, enroll in that. And we're going to give you for free the no BS six pack formula, which is the program specifically programmed for the abs, for the core muscles, for building the abs, making them more visible. It's a six pack building a six-pack program, and our occlusion guide where we break down one of the more advanced training techniques that's out there right now that if you're in an advanced stage, you can use this to bring up weak body parts, and it is effective. It is backed up by studies. You will see visible changes by adding occlusion to your routine if you're in the advanced uh, stages of your training. You can find these programs and get the free promo stuff at mindpumpmedia.com. Give away some shirts, Doug. Giving away some shirts. Give it away. We're gonna oh, give away. What was that song? Remember that song? Red Hot Chili Peppers. Give it away. Give, give it, it away. Give, give it, it away, away now. And giving away three shirts. Oh yeah. Three shirts. Kara two fourteen. JPW RTU Stewart thirteen twenty two. All of you are winners. Excellent job, Stewart. Excellent job. KPWRT <laughs> five niner. And Kara. Oh, excellent job, all of you. And to send your name, the one I just read, to Uh, iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Also send your shirt size and your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. Don't Don't mess it up. Don't forget, leave us a review. If we like it and we pick it, you will get a free T-shirt. This is on iTunes, so do it. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts. Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. How old is she? What is she, 26? Somewhere around Lady there? Lady Gaga? Yeah, how old is she? God, is she that young? Yeah, she's a little girl, bro. That's horrible. Yeah. She, mm. No little girl's going to rock my world. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we can't Sorry. You'll leave that to the Hold Cougars, yeah. huh? Madonna. Would rock my world. Yeah. So you would. Who would you rather? Who would you rather that's hook like, up with? That's my mom fetish, though. You know what I'm saying? Whoa. That's that's what that is. That's like she's like fifty something years old. 60 yeah. You years do old. have a. You do have yeah. one. Of the, you do have that older. Mm. That that's why was, you know it was funny. So I call my lady my old lady. How funny was it? You know, and you, that's your wheelhouse. Sure, she loves it. How how funny was it when we were up in uh, Washington, and we were at the hotel, mm-hmm. and uh, we're sitting down, and remember oh, those man. women sitting behind us? Oh yeah. Yeah. There was a group of cougars. There was, uh, I think they might have been out of the out of the cougar age. A little bit more in the gilf. Oh, be a, what's gilf what, category? Um, I wouldn't go that far. No. I think what you call them. So let's see here. Okay, what's between a cougar and a gilf? Yeah, like a puma? No, puma's young is a young like cougar. Lion. Oh, really? A, a lioness, young, lioness, like a like a leopard. They were saber tooth. Saber tooth. Yeah, because like, you know. Oh, that's like ancient. Yeah, like extinct. Yeah, so they got like but, big tusks. But predatory. Mm. So okay. there was a group of uh, saber tooth. Uh, yeah. Lions. I see. And they were. I, I don't know. More like hippopotamuses. What, 
What, what age group? I'm just going to go ahead and insult yeah, everybody. Let's just right piss everybody off. <laughs> what uh, age group would you say they were in? Probably 50s? Oh, at least 50. They were Maybe f- early 60. Yeah, probably. I would 50s. I, okay. don't, I don't think any of them were 60 years old. They, so had, they, they had too much spunk yeah, to be 60. Before they 60 wanted plus. more. Yeah. So they were all there and they were drinking. Uh, so they were, they were tipsy-ish. Yeah. And we were just chilling. We're having a meeting. We're having a business yeah. professional meeting. Eyeball on our table. We're, and they're we're just, very professional. And they're just staring. Gawking. Laughing and giggling and making little comments. And so we're sitting there, and I didn't even notice them. Snickering back and forth. I didn't notice them. Uh, Adam yeah. noticed them because- Of course. He's got a sixth sense for this age group of women who tend to hit on him. I mean, let's, let, let's not make a, let's not hide well, the fact- Well, we remember that one periscope where the lady like almost crashed. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> your dog with your I mean, shirt off. Let's not so pre- classic. Let's not pretend if there's a woman that's 15 years older than us, she's most likely going to be aggressive towards Adam. He just, for whatever reason, he's like a magnet. And if she's 15 years younger, more than likely she's- uh, Don't inter- go that far. Yeah, interested yeah. In, I wouldn't go that far. Interested in dad over so here. I be, so we're, so we're sitting so sit there and, uh, they're do- and so Adam's like, oh, fuck. He goes, there we go. Yeah. Well, he goes, here they go. He goes, I hate this. And he's actually- I mean, he's literally. Ir- I get scared. Well, not just scared, but you're also a little annoyed because we're trying to work. Yeah, and it's distracting. And they're lady, laughing. These type of ladies, when they get in a group and they get alcohol, they they got no shame in their game. They're oh, aggressive. Yeah. Very aggressive. Extremely. Inti- very intimidating. Extremely. Hey. And they're intimidating hey. in numbers. One, I can handle. Four, yeah. a little scary. They will harass you. Yeah. They are like it's no different than mm. the, the like the stereotype construction guy that's whistling at the girls going, right yeah, they're, no they're different cat great analogy that's probably yeah. what it's like for a female when it is four drunk construction is, guys yes. hollering at them it's exactly the same except we don't feel threatened like i don't think they're gonna hurt me so there's that fear oh, i get part. a little scared sometimes really <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes they get this look in their eye that's intimidating there was five of them if they wanted to they could your flesh they could probably do something to you. yeah but right? it, what but what happened so we're, so they're doing this, and Adam's every once in a while commenting like, God, they're so obnoxious, and they're so whatever. And then Justin notices, and I can see, and I'm like, whatever. And we're ignoring them, right? And then we're laughing because we're like, oh, fuck, this always happens to Adam. Mm-hmm. We get up to leave because at this point now, we're like, let's just go up to the room. Like, this is distracting. I mean, that's how, that's how annoying it was. We get up to leave, and w- one of the women- Pulls her phone out. First, she goes to me- yeah, <laughs> she goes. Yes, I. She goes. Your sh- I fucks the shit out of you. I felt wow v- violated yeah. very much. So. I f- and she goes. And at that moment, I had this relief just, come over me. Yeah, it was like yeah. I was not the prey. She's like, yeah. you're cute. You thought for sure it was you. I, that I was, was the best part. I was yeah. almost certain. I thought we were walking, and then he, all eyes were on Sal. I was just already hungry. Eyes. I already had my like my comeback in case they said something aggressive to me on how I was going to get out of it or whatever like that. So I was already mentally yeah. preparing. At for what this. point were they filming? Because they were filming. She you, pulled like, her. So, then she phone pulled her, out. First she, she goes, you're cute. And then she fucking pulls her phone oh, out. Oh, she did say something. I was she goes, you're cute. And I just ignored him. We kept walking. <laughs> yeah. She pulls her phone out and is like, thank you. Right in front of me, like just following me with it, filming me. Yeah. Mm. It was- uh, Creepy. It was creepy. And, you know, it's not every day that uh, that I get, that the woman looks at you me did, and not at him. You so did. So it's a little bit of a- You did throw a little hip kind of into your walk after you saw her pull the phone out. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> he had a little he spring to his step. Well, that's he what, did. He, yeah. You know what? It's he an got, ego boost. You know what it was? Like your dad hair was on point. Was it? It, yeah, was. it was. It had this like like cool wave like in the front. It might be. Yeah. It's the. It, I was impressed. When I don't comb my hair now, it combs yeah. itself. You woke up like that. Something happens when you get older where your hair just combs itself. Yeah. It combs itself, not in a cool way. I mean, it looks dirty as hell, but it's it is combed. Mm-hmm. 
I, th- I think I it was think a lot of factors. Dude. They all just lined up for you that day. It might have been. I was I was looking fit. I had on my new Lulu sweats. There was yeah. a lot of things that. Uh, yeah, the Lulu sweats. That's yeah. what it was. It was which yeah. which does it does outline. I did just, look in just the form factored you. I did get the small mirror so I can look in the big mirror and see how my glutes looked, mm-hmm. and they do look better in oh, Lulu yeah. pants than normal pants. Explains the hip swagger you had afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a little no, that's because t- twinkle there. Yeah, the, no, that's because I, I was sore from the, from the workout before. It wasn't on purpose. I see. <laughs> I was hit, actually your step. I was I was actually hurting a little bit. What yeah. a good time uh, out at Ben's, man! I had such a great time with that guy. Every time I hang out with him, I like him more. Yeah, I he, he's I, a fun guy. He, he is. He's a very very uh, fun guy. He's a very cool guy, and he's definitely. He's definitely different, which I like. He's a big time family guy. But That's what I like about him. He must have had us try every toy, weird uh, device, accessory, b- body hack will. that he had. Yeah. At one point, and I put this in su- succession on my Instagram, the little little Snapchat feature or whatever. At one point, Insta story. Justin had on these weird glasses that shine this special light around his face, so he yeah. looks like he's inside. I looked fantastic. A fish tank. He looks like Tron. The yeah. movie Tron from the 80s. Mm-hmm. I had on this weird thing all over my head. So I look like uh, the scientist from Back in the Future when Marty yeah. first meets him. Great Scott. Yeah, and he's like, I'm trying to read your one mind. Point, one, what? It looked like that. And then also there was a nose, what he refers to as a nose dildo. Yeah. Because it goes inside your nose. aggressive. And it shines light inside your nose hole. Mm. And which I didn't even, this is something I didn't think about. It wasn't a brand new nose dildo. Yeah. Mm. So oh. he... Right. I was going to so say I something, shared, too, but I let you go. So we shared an orifice. Wow. We, weird, right? Did you even clean it? Or anything? Uh, he said he cleaned it, but mm. you know how Ben is. He's supernatural. Like, yeah, I don't and know, I don't mean I don't that in the like his, alien sense. I mean right, super right, right. like natural. You see his knuckles and his his fingertips. Yeah, he doesn't know he's washed his hands in a few years. No, you know what that is? There's some stuff on there. You know what that is? His hands. Patina. His hands I f- like, are made for nature. Like yeah. He climbs and does shit with it. Like He's got some tough... Fucking hand! You shake his hand. Oh yeah, no, and he's, he's got he's like all and his feet. They're just like like grounded, like a hobbit. Yeah, like he yeah. could. Yeah, like you could. He could probably. He, he could, could prob- probably climb a tree like a bear. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you can. Or like if you had a, a tree. if you had a if you went at him with a knife, he might catch it. Catch Bare-handed. it or or deflect on the it. blade side mm-hmm. exactly, and just throw it right back. I think at you. we should try and do a thumb war with him next time. You know, I, th- I feel like yeah. he will he break some. Yeah, something's gonna happen. It to you for One, sure. two, three, four. Yeah, I so so I had that on, and then Adam had on this huge bodysuit that inflated in some sides and inflated in other sides, and I don't think we put it on right because when it got really inflated, yeah. it was partially choking your neck and your crotch. <laughs> Both sides were getting him. Yeah, I was like, I don't. You think didn't look is- like that kid from the Christmas story, I, yeah, right? Where yeah. you could tell the, the uh, he's like falls over. And yeah. then he, I don't think that was how I was supposed to put it on. Yeah, and then he had that red light, that strip of lights that shone that extremely like bright red light that apparently I am not making this up. You're going to listen to the episode when we air it. Mm-hmm. He explains it. I don't know if it's true or not, but he breaks it down that you shine these lights at your bare testicles. Yeah, right so on you, your balls. So you take everything off. You stand. You straddle this thing. With no pants or any, anything on, which I'm already going to do that anyway, because yeah. fuck it. It gives me Sounds an excuse cool. to do that. It's supposed yeah. to give you more uh, seminal volume, is and that it, the it, theory? It stimulates the Leydig cells of the, of the testicles, which are responsible for testosterone production, increases testosterone production, and uh, increases seminal volume and uh, sperm. I'm not going to lie. Since we've been back- Have I've you been, been shooting- I've been extra horny. Have uh, you really? Yeah, abnormally. No, you haven't. I swear to goodness, bro. Because you used could, it. Could, yeah. 
Could be that I didn't see my girl for three or four days and just got back. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. think that's it. But, but you did. You could did. be that naked book that she got me for Valentine's Day. Could be that. Not sure. Did but, you? There's a lot of factors there. Yeah. Did you, when you stood over it and and put your 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 area over the red lights? Right. What did it, it feel like? Felt like I was in a tanning bed, pretty much. Really? Mm, yeah. So it felt warm. Oh yeah, it was warm. Did you notice any uh, size differences? Any circumference like in my penis? No, right or my balls. Yes. Oh uh, no! And then you know, I forgot to measure before. You, I didn't, started. you, didn't, you don't check them. Yeah. Well, Every day for te- you know, I, you're supposed to check them anyway. You know that, right? Yeah. No. You no. don't check yourself. No. You got to no. revolve the balls. No. No. You got to get all <laughs> what? sizes. What? You know what I mean, it's like, don't, like, it's like, like a chi- microwave. The Chinese thing. No, no, no. Yeah. Don't twist them because the right belongs on the right, the left That's belongs right. on the right. right. They can't switch sides. You don't tether them. Throw you off. It'll no. It'll it'll tangle up the. You don't want to put the red wire where the where the black thing, you know, let's say doing the batteries, Ooh, yeah. it'll blow up. Yeah. What happens? You would explode. <sighs> so anyway, that was a good time. Yeah, and the laser tag was awesome. Laser too. tag laser was awesome. Tags, How yeah. about the- I love uh, Who got names. the highest score in laser tag? Who cares about the highest remember? score? Who had the best yeah, yeah. name? Yeah, yeah, who had- uh, The best name. Two, both times, top I'm, five. I'm trying to forget who got the both best Both times, score. top five. Someone got the best yeah, score. Yeah, you got it one time, the very last <laughs> oh, time. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. Fourth place. I remember uh, now. Fifth place twice. I think if, yeah. Um, but is we that did. another athletic event that Sal won? It is. Wow. Mm-hmm. How could you no, not? No, he didn't win. How it's you, an average, how dude. You, how do you not believe in God? There's two games. <laughs> how do you not? What did you get the first how game? How do you not, dude? You got like 12th. <laughs> what an insult, Adam. <laughs> this is Adam's, like, <laughs> he he's so... He so can't believe when I do something yeah. not bad because it's not like I did anything good. Like I did something. We just have to take it down. You know, we get. I did something. I did something that's like athletic. Like oh, Sal can actually throw a basketball. Yeah. Not good, but he can throw one. Right. The only explanation for this is Jesus. There's no other way. <laughs> it's the only, it has to be. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. That's the only. Yeah. So <laughs> it only strengthens your. Faith. What was what was your what was your uh, handle? What was your yeah. uh, laser tag handle? Yeah. First place. Yeah, he's first oh, yeah. place. First that place. Awesome. That way, when they say you, my name. What did you try and do? And the guy was like, "No, I'm not putting that up there." Oh, I don't remember. What did you say? He's like, "I can't do that." I don't remember. It's pretty funny because the guys are obviously the guys that work there, right? Yeah. Uh, they they're up and up on any fucking dumb kids that come in yeah, and, and right. try and say get them to say something like the Mike cunt and things like that. I like, tried. To, I think it was. I tried to do P H U C Y U. Fuck you, but spelled phonetically. Oh, yeah, he was yeah, like, like that's, that. Yeah. Yeah. He was pretty quick. You know, you know what made me feel like an old man when he totally accepted mine and said like, "Oh, that's fine." Because you said mushroom stamper. Yeah, and he goes, yeah. he "Nobody goes, uses that anymore." Yeah, he's like, <laughs> "That's not a thing." Yeah, he's like, "There's nobody in here that'll understand that." I, <laughs> I was like, "Oh God, I just felt fucking." There, there's some hot moms in there, so I was just wow. like, I thought it'd be funny to uh, your mom's. Your yeah, mom's. I was like, "Mom, mom's new friend." <laughs> that, that was mine. That is hands down the best handle that I've seen yeah. in a long time. <laughs> mom's. I new just friend. loved it because when mom's he was handing out the awards he had, they had to say that yeah. all, you know the moms and there's all there's out. all yeah there's all these uh, like, hey kids. Uh, moms with their little daughter <laughs> their little sons there uh, mom's new friend did you guys all the, all the moms smirking uh, at Justin when he goes up there dude did you guys see like when you'd be in there there'd be of course there's kids in there and there's adults and did you see like they would have real young kids mm-hmm. and what they do is they tether them to a parent have you did you see that oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so the parent so here's the thing I was relentless well, I was just like bam, 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 bam. yeah I was just gonna <laughs> say that kid if you want to get a lot of points <laughs> No wonder you guys scored top if five. You want to get fucking bullies. Bro, Corner the little kid who's like uh, four. The toddler. I didn't. I, yeah. I, I let him shoot me. No, actually. because so what they did was they they tether these little these kids to their parents, and the parent has to wear a vest, and the kid has to wear a vest. So if you follow them, you get two boom two points. Shoot mm. the parent, shoot the kid, mm-hmm. run away. So it was it's a little little fun strategy. What about the flight back? 
Oh, what would you guys think about that? Really? Who? Don't get to bring that up already. We're alive. That's uh, that's uh, an accomplishment. There's nothing more frustrating than being like that close to being home and then taking that long. You know, it's like that's such a short. It's like a two hour flight, right, to get there, mm-hmm. and it only took us like twelve hours to get home. I did not do well uh, in the propeller plane. On the pond, pond jumper. What the fuck, man? That thing was crazy. I don't like turbulence like that. Yeah. And that shit was going off. I had a stomach ache from all the candy I was eating. You did eat a lot of candy again. I did, I did too, though. I, mine was organic. <laughs> that was the best part. It's so stupid. You know what? I called it though. It's didn't organic. I call it? I called it. I'm like, this motherfucker's gonna come back with some organic candy, dude. And try and make himself feel better. You know what? Uh, you know what? I'm not eating candy like Adam. Yeah. I'm eating organic yeah. candy. Mine. You, you were unhealthy. <laughs> I was eating healthy. Yeah. You know what? I, I figure if I'm gonna poison my body, I'm gonna poison it all the way. Do you know like, why I got give the, me the GMO? It was all the shit. It wasn't because it was organic. It was because uh, the organic candy was the hard candies. They didn't have hard candy don't lie organic. don't lie you wanted to do that know. so you could say that and it was made so with, you could say you were being healthier it yeah. was made with cane I sugar all your Reese's it was made with uh, yeah dried what do they call it like dried cane juice when they try and name it something that sounds cooler it mm-hmm. tasted like shit I think that's why I gave my stomach ache mm. yeah. it wasn't the bad. organic candy yeah it wasn't did you finish it candy what did you do is with it? worthless dude I only ate like five pieces Justin ate a whole shit ton did remember he? I had what the, are you I, talking about bro don't lie I, I ate the, the, the rest of those yeah Peanut butter. There's like ten pieces. Dude, there was like uh, you went crazy. I had like eight. Justin gets weird with candy. It was not even they're the small ones. They're not even like a real cup size. I've walked in on him rubbing chocolate on his nipples. Like, Did he do that? Yeah. What are you doing? You dude? know what? That's he's weird. He's because he's trying to get them oh, darker. Like, you guys don't do that. <laughs> no, we rub it on his nipples too. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> we all do that. <laughs> we all. Do- <laughs> yeah. I like Spokane, man. I actually think it's a it's a cool little town. Not a lot going on. Mm. You know. Not that, a lot. That dispensary you we went to or whatever. Yeah, that was, store was cool. that was a good time for sure. Well, how neat is that? You know what's weird is that California, it seemed like we were way ahead of everybody when it came to marijuana. Oh, we're behind now. Now we're behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes me so angry. That's weird. I'm like, we're, we're the pot capital. Yeah. How are we the pot capital? It was and- so easy. It was like a store, you know, that, and it wasn't even like a bar or anything. It's just like a store. Here, buy, you know, marijuana stuff. Yeah, it's weird. Cool. And they, they had good selections. Everything was tested. It was... That's it, man. The market's going to start making better products, I guess. You yeah. know, making them a lot better. Yeah, we'll see. It was weird, though, to go in there and do that. And the edibles were all, like, standardized. And yeah. It was kind of interesting. It's like, is this okay? How yeah. was the chocolate? I didn't have the chocolate one. How was that? It was good. Did it hit? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you didn't seem to be stupid or anything afterwards. Well, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Typically, what was it? The, was the five milligrams? It was same, weak. The same yeah, as our, it wasn't our that chocolates we There's here. that sweet spot for Justin. Yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. No, there's, <laughs> there is too much. There's, yeah. yeah. Too much. You know what? You know what happens? Well, it's funny that you he likes you that. Weird. You know that you get more of the psychedelic side when you eat the chocolate. You know? I know. It's when weird. You, I like when you the eat edibles. it. When you like, he hates to be paranoid and so that, but that's what will cause it. Like yeah. smoking doesn't. You hardly get any of that from smoking. M- what makes yeah, me laugh? I don't like smoking. What makes me laugh is that Justin will he'll become aware of it. He'll say it. He'll be like, oh, wow. He's like, this is cool. And then like 10 minutes later, be like, oh, I think I had too much. Like, <laughs> oh, no. He's going down the hole. He's spiraling out. No. K- Katrina calls it the vortex. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm going uh, in the vortex. And then, I'll, sucked in. and then I tell him because what happens to Justin, at least you took, correct me if I'm wrong, Justin. Okay. He's, he, you can tell that he starts to like become overly critical of how he's acting. Oh, my God, yes. So it's really easy to fuck with him. Like If I wanted to, I could be like, bro, stop. Yeah. You're acting kind of weird. I, I already, and then he'll I be already like, oh, feel fuck. like you are. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm just like, yeah. looking at you guys like, stop, man. Dude, did like, you, are we'll you recording this? Like, we'll laugh at a joke, and he'll be like, are you laughing at me? Like, no. But now I am. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys get caught up? Did you, you guys listen sensitive. to the whole Joe Rogan and Steven Crowder episode and on both episodes? Both, on, yeah, I yeah. listened to both. Yeah, yeah. The, they. I think Joe, Joe was a bit of a dick in his episode with him. He 
was. He was poking at him. I feel like I feel like because I feel like Joe did that intentionally. Right? I think he brought him on the show. Crowder is a bit of a fast talker and can can be a bit of a bully himself. He's yeah. just a very he good. He was trying debate. to slow him down. You know, like he just wanted to have a, a normal kind of relaxed conversation. I feel, and then like you know, because like Crowder came in just like super caffeined up, and so he was oh, like, I feel spitting and Rogan, a mile a Rogan said he got drunk. He said it's because yeah. he got drunk, and he, he made him kind of. I like feel like he used that as like an excuse. I you mean, the guy's so? yeah, drunk and high half the time. He doesn't yeah. show, and he has no. F- I think he, I think he went a little overboard. He got called out by so many people. And so he had to have did an apology, and I think not only did well, he have he's to, passionate about that topic, you well, can tell. Not only did he have to do apology, but I think Crowder made him come on his show and do a formal apology on his show because of that. I think that was the deal. Think so? Yeah, I think. I think Joe probably just did that out of his own. You know, he probably listened to it and was like critical. That's of himself. what I think. I think. I think. He, I think they got a lot of e- emails and messages. Yeah, he got that, a lot of hate from it, dude. Yeah, because he got a lot of hate from it. I, here's what I enjoy, though. I really enjoy when two people can debate or I love discuss that. the subject. I love. It was yeah. great. It was great listening. And they can even talk shit to each other. But then you know it doesn't go to the point where everybody's like, "I'm done. With, I'm leaving. I'm blah, you know they get they, pissed off. And, they did go a, l- a little far as far as like I mean I it did it did get, get repetitive. It did get a little repetitive. Yeah. Like uh, there was, but I definitely enjoy the the banter back and forth like that, especially when it's uh, two intelligent guys. I mean, they yeah. they got a little far with talking over each other, um, but I mean, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I think people learn really well that way when you have two intelligent people mm-hmm. arguing uh, their opposing their their opposing sides with uh, good arguments, mm-hmm. um, even if it is getting a little angry and hurtful i still feel like a lot of people hear that well there's there's this movement that's happening now in modern culture where and it's happening in colleges unfortunately because uh, colleges used to be uh bastions of different ideas and free speech in fact you know the famous you know college college never-ending story character Bastian, Sebastian, <laughs> very good. Yeah. Uh, they're they're you know like Berkeley, for example, back in the sixties and seventies, protested to allow for different points of view and different. Did you hear? And now, now what they do, what you'll see a lot of is they'll they don't even want to listen. They'll protest that a person's even speaking there. Like they they don't want them to speak there. They'll throw you know protests and riots and this whole silencing thing. It's a kind of a shitty movement because one of the best way to expose bad ideas and bad people. Is to debate and discuss with them openly. Yeah, like if you just if you just silence them, talk their way right into a trap. If you just silence people and make them shut up, um, you actually strengthen um, their 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 message because then you get other people who fight to have them speak. Mm -hmm. One of the best things you could do is say, okay, let's talk. Let's I I disagree with you. You disagree with me. Mm -hmm. I think you're an idiot, but we're going to talk. We're going to debate this. We're going to avoid personal attacks Mm -hmm. because that's dumb. Anybody can do that. Yeah. And then I'm going to expose how bad your idea is. But you also got to be open to the fact that maybe you're the one. Right. Your idea is the one that's bad, you know? Yeah. So I really, I really appreciated that, that, uh, that Crowder-Rogan debate where they were talking about marijuana and going back and forth. Did you hear, did you hear them talk about our boy Jake Shields getting in the fights? With all this? You just reminded me with the Berkeley talk. Yes. Did you hear about that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You saw the video, right? He's, no. He stepped in and... Uh, yeah. No, what happened? So, I was just looking it up right so now. So there were those riots. Somebody. There were those riots at Berkeley because there was a speaker that was going to go there who's part of what they call the, uh, alt, the alt-right, um, which is like the, the extreme right-wing side of of you know politics um the the speaker's name is uh milo yiannopoulos who's this 
Uh, he's a gay guy, right? Yeah, he's, he, but he's very, very, very offensive, purposeful, purposely mm. a, a pur- uh, offensive. So he's like literally there trolling people. That's what he does. Yeah. He calls himself that. Okay. And um, they rioted. They didn't want him to speak there. And I guess some some supporter of Milo of Milo, excuse me, was getting beat up by these protesters, and Jake Shield stepped in and defended the dude and kind of got the guys off of him. And then, of course, they recognized who he was, and they're like, "Oh no, man, we're just trying to." You know, hey, you know, he's just he's got bad ideas and he's a he's a Nazi and Jake's like, I don't care what he is, you can't fucking beat him up. And uh, you know, yeah. basically Tell me about Milo. I don't know anything about Milo. Him. Milo? Yeah. My, it's Milo or Milo? Milo. Um so tell me about him. He's actually some current shit's going down right now where he's in a big a lot of hot water. I, I don't want to comment on it because it's um it, right now it's about it's a lot of just uh I don't know what's what's true and what's not true, but he's this he calls himself libertarian, but he's very right wing and he's very offensive, purposefully offensive. And liberals, the especially extreme liberal liberals, hate him because he's gay, he's Jewish, and he says he only dates black men. But then he says things against those sides, uh, purposefully being offensive, mm-hmm. and it's hard to go at him because he's also those things as well. Mm-hmm. And so he presents, he presents kind of this conundrum. Yeah. You know, like you call him a, you can't call him homophobic, or at least you can, but then he's gay, so he uses that. And he's just very, very offensive. Steven Crowder's had him on his show, right? I think he has. Oh, yeah, I thought, yeah. but I thought that, so I, I don't understand because I thought I heard Crowder say that they got into it a little bit back and forth, and, and he's a conservative, isn't he? Is is Milo or Milo? I keep saying Milo. Milo, he'll he he'll disagree with both sides sometimes, but he tends to hammer the the left much more, especially the yeah Crowder does. No, no, so Milo. Is Milo. Oh, okay, so, so does Milo. Milo. So then, but but he's like I said, he's very very like he'll he'll use you know racist terminology and homophobic term just because he li- he's trying to get attention and he's and he can because he is right and he, and he is he, okay. he, and he riles people up and um, that's part of what he does so. Uh, he's just one of those people. I, I think he should. I mean, I think everybody should be allowed to speak. I think if you don't like their ideas and what they say, yeah. like use your words to to take them down. You know, be intelligent about it. But right. these but the these riots were stupid. You have some people who just are getting violent. And let me tell you something: words are words, mm-hmm. and they can be hurtful, of course, and they can be shitty. But they're words. They're not violence. They're not physical violence. They're not theft. Yeah. So you know we got to be careful when we fight people with bad ideas and words with violence because then you just end up strengthening. So them. was was Jake uh, prosecuted for this? What happened? Did he? Get no, in no, tr- no, no. Jake he, went and defended these. Oh, these okay. Guys. So he didn't get in trouble. No, 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 no. Jake was actually being a good Samaritan. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. know that. I thought he got in trouble. No, 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 no. He didn't. He didn't get in trouble. Oh, he okay. was doing like a good thing mm-hmm. because he was stopping some dude from getting like physically assaulted. How many were at the riot? Was there a ton or what? It was a big. Th- it was a big deal, dude. It made big news. I, I didn't even see. I don't watch any of this shit. It was big news. Yeah, yeah I don't even know how I heard about like, it. Like they were lighting shit on fire, and yeah. it, it was a big deal. It's really sad. It, it is. Sad. It's really sad that people will riot um, and and destroy public property over. I mean, look when people riot after sports teams lose, or when people riot after. I mean, it's just mob mentality is a very interesting. Yeah. Sp- ignorant as well, well you, yeah you always got to be careful of that you know getting sucked into the, they, the team the camp thank you. the thank you yeah like the tribe like you, you gotta have your individual mind really assess everything and really well, you know, dude they do studies you know on this there's this classic study that you can watch videos on you can actually pull these up on youtube 
classic study that they've repeated over and over again, and it's very dependable. It's very consistent. The results are very consistent. What they'll do is they'll put people in a room, and one of the people in the room doesn't know that everybody in there is part of, is an actor or part of the study. So they'll have one or two people go in there that are not part of the study, and they don't know. They think that everybody in there is either part of the study or they don't even realize they're part of a study. They think that they're waiting in a doctor's office or something, right? Mm-hmm. So you're in a waiting room. Imagine this. You're in a waiting room, six other people. You don't know all these people, including the receptionist, are in on the study, and you, you have no idea. So you just think you're in a waiting room. And a, a bell will go off, or a, a tone will beep, like beep, and then everybody will stand up, and then another beep will go beep, and then everybody will sit down. And this will keep happening at regular intervals. And a good majority of people, a big ch- not everybody, but a big chunk of people, will start to follow the crowd. When mm-hmm. something goes off, Everybody will stand up because they're looking at everybody thinking... They must know something. Yeah, like I need... Okay, everybody's doing this. I should do this. And they'll do it. But what's even weirder is one of the the actors or whatever will leave and go in the doctor's office. So now there's one less person. And then another study, another person walks in who's not part of the study. So now they don't know what's going on. They'll come in and they'll see everybody standing up. And the person who just learned to do it will actually encourage the other person to do it. They'll be like, why is everybody They're like, I don't know, we, I think we're supposed to do this. You should stand up. <laughs> really? Yes. No, and that it, makes perfect sense. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Or they'll do another I study. Totally see that. They'll do another study where people will go, will walk into an elevator. And when you walk into an elevator, where's everybody facing? Towards the door. Towards the door. Always, right? But this time they'll walk into an elevator and everybody is facing the wall. <laughs> and seven out of 10 times or something like that, everybody will face... <laughs> You'll walk in and you'll feel weird facing yeah. forward. So then you'll walk in and be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" People? And you'll follow where everybody else is facing. Yeah. And this just highlights. So you, in other words, okay. So if I elevator opens, <laughs> I got everyone's asses facing me when I walk yeah. in. Or, or let's say everybody's facing to the left. Okay. Yeah. Right. So a different direction. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I walk in. And I'm, I'm looking at everybody's backs, their backside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the natural thing for me to do is just to follow suit, yeah, get on the elevator, and face, face with them. Yeah. It would be. It would. It. It's not natural, and I. I would have to think about it to turn around completely. Oh, that's funny. It's a. It's a. And so that's you know that makes me want to fuck with people now. I know. Next time we're in a group, especially oh, when we're traveling, we're, we got to start doing that. When we're in the, we're just in elevators all fucking weekend. We should have been doing that. We should fuck yeah. with people for now and see if we get everybody <laughs> just face different ways and stuff. Dude, it's it's uh, it's a weird part of human psyche, and uh, you know when you're when you're in this mob mentality, that's part of it. You know, like the whole mob is you know, pissed off or everybody's getting excited. Everybody's, you know, breaking shit or everybody's whatever. And people get swept up in this weird mob consciousness that normally you wouldn't, normally you would say, that's not right. I'm not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you see that with people when they're, you know, you see someone being hurt by police or you see, you know, these horrible movements and everybody kind of goes along with it. It's a scary thing. So, to see riots and stuff, I don't care what the reason is, where you're destroying property and you're getting violent. Like, that's fucking scary, man. We got to really learn to think for ourselves. You know what I mean? It's What's really silly, is, and I know Crowder does this. I've seen other guy, other comedians do this where they go into these protests that they actually have opposing views, but then they'll pretend like they're there supporting it, and they'll, like, ask these people, like, random questions. Oh, yeah. Seriously, like, I've seen that happen a bunch of times. And, of course... You know, it's it's semi biased because it's they're making a video that's opposing what they view. So I get that, but 
they do do these like where they'll randomly interview these people that are out there protesting where it's like hey why are you out here well you can see how like even back uh, like it was proven right the cia would influence a lot of these riots like because they would bring in like actors or, or these like agents that would like start you know directing the crowd to do certain things and so that's why it's it's so dangerous because it's so influential you could uh sort of direct this mob of people to kind of start doing whatever the fuck you know you want to do with them well and half of them like i said half of them don't even know why the fuck they're there or they like start like trying to say a point and it's like do you even know it's not true like we proved that a long time ago <laughs> like yeah those stats aren't real or that's not i don't know like really, i'm like, so in the camp of like i don't like being around crowds of people to begin with i don't <laughs> like groups you know i don't like being attached to these like i just don't understand it and i've always been that way yeah have, have any of you have you ever protested have you ever had a protest you- uh i've marched Oh, you have. Mm-hmm. Which one? Gay one? Uh, for gay mar- for gay marriage. Oh, you did. Yeah, it's San Francisco, small, uh, San Jose, mm. downtown. You did. Yeah, this was back by when yourself the- with a friend. What no, was, no, what was no, it? no, no, no. I mean, I, you know, I went down there and I was actually by myself and I walked around a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I hate to say I marched. I was there, and I was there to be kind of supportive, and I didn't stay very long because. Uh, you know, I felt uh, I didn't know anybody there, and I just wanted to show my support, kind of, because I have mm-hmm. a lot of friends and you know I have family members that are gay, and I felt very, very strongly, um, you know, in support of it. But you know, I'm with Justin. Like, I, there's this really interesting. I I, I I don't know what I don't know what you would call it, but I'm very, very natural tendency to be against authority. Mm-hmm. I don't like people telling me or a lot of people what to do yeah. instant that's my instinct yeah. right like instinct, yeah. instinctually i'm like well who are you yeah and number two if i see everybody doing something even though i agree with them um i get this weird like you know like you, i'm like why, i don't know i just why feel why is everybody easily buying into this well yeah. i just get i just don't like that that mob feeling you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying for yeah. a second so i kind of so I kind of have to separate from myself from. I don't know if it's because I get anxious. All these people. I don't know what it is, but mm-hmm. so I'm not good at those types of situations. You know what I mean? Because I I tend to self. I tend to question a lot of what's happening. Like this is one of the reasons why, you know. And I'm not hammering on religion. People think I'm so anti-religious, but when I would go to churches as a kid, I, I immediately didn't like it just because I'd see everybody stand up, everybody say the same thing. Everybody I was like, God, like every like you guys right. think for yourself. Like I instantly yeah. didn't like it. You know. Yeah. So. Just uh, just one of those. Have you guys ever marched or, or anything like that? I have not. I've I've never been a part of. Hmm. A pro- I'm trying to think if if I've even been <clears throat> near one that was going on. Like uh, I don't think I have. I can't think of one off the top of my head. That's for sure. It, it's not my style to even do that. You know, I I feel like there's just there's a whole plethora of things that you can do before that. Like I think that to me, that's not. There's other things that you can be doing in your community or voicing your opinion. I mean, obviously, we have a platform, so that's one thing. But I, even but without not having a platform, I still feel like there's more you can do than standing out hollering with there's signs. A, there's somewhere. a lot of things you can do. Uh, yeah. That's just one of them. But I'll tell you what, man. I I don't care what people protest for as long as they're peaceful. I don't like. Yeah. I'm always against violent protests. Always against violent protests, unless you're you're defending yourself. But I love, 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 even if I completely disagree with the premise or whatever the people are protesting for, even if I disagree with them, I love that people f- feel like they have the freedom to be, mm-hmm. to go express themselves peacefully. And I think it's such an amazing part oh, yeah. of our country and even our nation. Even if you don't agree with their their 
ideology or, I or whatever it. it is. Like I want to hear, you know, where people are, are having frustrations or, you know, what what the pulse is in, in different communities. And that's why it is important for mm-hmm. them to get attention and to, uh, you know, yell sometimes when they're not being heard. So I don't, I don't, I tend to like want to make sure that we protect that. Yes. And, and, and so like, <clears throat> to, I just respect them. I respect the hell out of it. I mean, I have, it's kind of a tough, it's a tough thing because it's like, you, you know, you don't want it to be violent of Never. course. Cause that's just like, that's when you lose, like you lose your, I feel like like whatever march it is you're doing, and everything starts to get violent. Then it's a it's a wash, dude. Me. You here's what happens. Here's why violence is besides the fact that you're hurting people and you're destroying property and you're okay. Here's here's the one of the other reasons why being violent is such a stupid thing when you're protesting. The minute some of you are violent, and it's never the it's always a small minority, a loud minority, but the minute a group of within a protest become violent that becomes the focus of what the protest and that is becomes the center of the argument mm-hmm. you lose your power yeah. this is one of the reasons why like one of my heroes one of my my I probably my top 3 heroes and idols that I look up to Gandhi uh well he Gan- was awesome. Gandhi and uh Martin Luther King Martin Jr. Luther King yeah was that he advocated so much for nonviolence that you had no choice like but to listen because like when they marched there were marches that they did where the police got violent against these protesters where they would spray them with hoses and and it got filmed it got caught on film on the news and Americans everyday Americans were watching this and you have peaceful protesters being pushed around and beat up and none of them were fighting back none of them were and the viewers were like what the fuck? This is not right. Now, mm-hmm. imagine if you watch that on the news and the protesters were breaking shit and being violent. Yeah. It's hard, you know, you, you, people would focus on that and it was so fucking effective. It was extremely effective. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're protesting and you want to be really, 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 really effective, it's a long, arduous process, of course, <laughs> yeah. but just be peaceful at all costs because any violence that happens well, against it sucks, you will work. Yeah, because then you're the one getting attacked, you know, and it's like, it's, but that's what's more powerful. It's like it, you expose the... Uh, the evil, like in the malintention behind, you know, some of like these like authoritative mm-hmm. like regimes that are there. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say this: one of the most effective things you could possibly do, and we're seeing some of it now, thanks to social media and internet. Like, if you really, really, really want to be effective, one of the most effective things you could possibly do: you can protest, of course, you can get out, you can picket, you can make it, make news. But if you use your money. And you stop buying shit right. that mm-hmm. supports whatever you're against, and you get enough people to do this, and that company loses market share or loses value in the market and starts mm-hmm. to lose. Ah, man, you become really fucking powerful. Yeah. Like they react very quickly if you start to do. Like if you're, you know, let's say you're for, you know, a particular thing uh, that you want the government to uh, support, and you find all these companies that are against it. You make a list of these big companies and, you know, droves of people stop yeah. buying shit there and their sales drop. And all of a sudden, like, you watch what happens real quick. Like, all of a sudden, you're, you're super effective. It's one of the most effective things. You can't do that with everything, of course. Not everything's affected that way. But, yeah. man, that's effective. I've yeah. seen several times where people will do that and companies will real quick yeah. scramble. M- scramble to change what they're doing and saying. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I remember when... Um, 
Remember that movie Super Size Me came out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the guy was demonizing fast food, but of course the target of it was McDonald's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie by itself was so effective that immediately after that, McDonald's uh, eliminated their supersize uh, option. Yeah. They don't let you supersize anymore. Wow. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Yeah, that's pretty impactful. Very, very powerful. Yeah. Very, very powerful stuff. So <gasps> here she comes. Freedom bird. Glorious. Oh, there she is. <laughs> Look at it. Say what you want, girl. being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. First up is Adam J. Castro. What is the importance of heart rate zones when trying to manipulate your results in training? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> now, Adam Castro is uh, one of our favorite forum members, right? He's a trainer, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. So here's the thing. Uh, depends on what results you're talking about. If your goal is athletic performance, if any, you're at a high level athletic performance. You're the average person who just wants to get in shape. Here, the order of operation or order of importance in terms of the things you should focus on, heart rate, uh, is, heart rate zone training is it's down quite a bit. There's a lot of things that are way more important to it. Yeah. It's one of those things you manipulate when you get to a high level of performance, and really, it's for athletes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're an athlete and you're trying to improve your mainly endurance athletes, endurance yeah. or your VO2 max or your ability to you know, utilize oxygen at, while you're at high intensities and all that stuff. Then you you train within certain heart rate zones to improve your performance. If your goal is fat loss, yeah, this is where it is not important. Where you see a, and this is where a lot of the marketing is around these uh, c- companies that use heart rate monitors and you gotta stay in that fat burning zone. And, and and I'll tell you what, you guys this, remember when we were trainers. Absolutely, yeah. I used to I used to use this tactic. We were taught. Use this tactic. I think it was a sales tactic. There was. I, I used to walk mm-hmm. up. I would, and I used to pick people off the cardio machine all the time, and I'd ask them, "Are you traveling at your target heart rate?" Or tra- mar- training? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, and you I could be traveling. traveling. I said yeah, traveling. You You're be. on the treadmill, bro. Yeah. Are you traveling at your target heart rate? Oh, and people get smarter. To my, yeah, Damn, fat loss destination. Nice use of words. Let's yeah. pause for a second like and just and just reflect on how I thought that was wrong, but yeah. that's better. I know. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and then after, then most people didn't know what that was, you know, they didn't know what their target heart rate was, and then I would pull them off and explain the benefits of tar- your target heart rate, then I would bust out the Carvonian theory, and then I would write Oh my out. God, I forgot about yeah, the name. Yeah, yeah. The Carvonian the crib cycle, it's let's right. talk about it. So, um, I, would, I would bust that, I still remember it. So, I would bust that out, and then I would tell them, and then I would speak explain to them that when you're in this zone this is the most effective and efficient way that you can burn fat and i was careful to use words like that because it's true still i'm not lying it is the most effective and efficient way for Effic- you to- efficient is, yeah. the, is the key word yeah and and then the way i would f- explain that in further detail was that when you are in this zone um it is less likely that your body will use other things like muscle to break down and utilize for energy. So staying in this zone is the most optimal place for us to burn fat. 
Um, there's some truth to that, but for the most part, it's a crock of shit. And for the most part, it was a gimmick that we use to sell personal training and scare people that are doing cardio into Mm -hmm. purchasing from you so you could educate them on their target heart rate zone. And to add a sexy metric for you to look at on the treadmill. Exactly. Yeah, be like, hey, I know so many- This is a fat burning zone? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a trainer. I know the secret way to do cardio because, you know, you know know what they did, right? Of all the forms of exercise in the gym- the one where the trainer has the least amount of value is cardio. <laughs> so they created it for <laughs> us. Yeah, like like you don't need to. Fu- That's why everybody does cardio yeah. in the gym because you get uh, on the fucking machine, move, and yeah. you move. So they're like, hey, you also need a trainer for cardio. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll make you better at everything. Mm-hmm. There's a couple things wrong with that sales tactic. Uh, number one, uh, we would say we don't want you to burn muscle. Very unlikely you're burning yeah, muscle come on. ever. Yeah. yeah. When you're doing exercise, that is a massive myth. What happens is if you're just doing cardio and you don't do resistance training, you, you may probably lose. get rhabdo before you, you burn muscle. That's, yeah, you ain't burning muscle. What's happening, <laughs> I don't know I go that what's happening is your, your body <laughs> adapts in, the way, in, in this sense. It adapts to lose muscle so that you end up burning less calories. It's not burning muscle. It's not becoming an energy. It's just you lose muscle because your body wants you to burn less calories because if all you're doing is burning calories but you're not sending a signal – that you need expensive tissue. Just think your body is morphing and adapting to a body that's more efficient to do what you're currently doing. And if you do a lot of it, you're basically teaching it to adapt to it. You know, that's all, that's all it really is. And, you know, it, where 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 I do use it, where I do think it's it has some sort of weight to it, is like you said, the athlete, the really competitive competitive edge, which to me it's it falls real close in the category of supplements, but it's just a little bit more important than supplements, maybe just a little bit more, you know. And you could actually, I could probably go back and forth debating with somebody on which one is more effective to, as far as uh, most beneficial to knowing, right? Like knowing exactly what supplements to take and knowing exactly where your target heart rate is to not burn up or not lose any muscle. Um, so like when I'm when I'm getting ready for a show and I'm like living in a caloric deficit, for weeks on end and my body's just, you know, burning up, burning up, burning up. And then I'm also doing cardio. Um, you know, you're, I'm wanting to push the body, but I'm also not wanting to push the body too much because I don't want it to adapt and, and start to lose a bunch of muscle mass. So, and it, once again, we're talking about the competitive edge where I'm getting, you know, judged and every half a quarter pound of muscle that I can keep on my body, uh, becomes important to the average person, the the difference is moot. yeah, but it's that restricted like you know calorie intake like like that's the only time it's like of a concern you know if you're if you if you're fed that day and you know you're trying to to manipulate your heart rate zones for your cardiovascular training how the hell are you going to get to a point where you're burning muscle you're you're not and you know here's the the other thing to consider like one of the other things that we would tell people is you burn more fat in this particular heart rate zone, which is false. You it is burn, false. It's more, that's why the keyword was efficient. Yeah, you burn, use. exactly. You burn a greater percentage of the calories that you burn come from fat, but overall you still burn less fat. Like, for example, if I do intense cardio and I burn 800 calories in 20 minutes, let's say 70% of that 800 calories comes from fat, the rest of it comes from glycogen. Now, let's say I go less intense for 20 minutes. And 75% of my calories come from fat. Whoa, a greater percentage of my calories came from fat. Hold on. Now I only burn 600 calories though because I'm less intense. So yes, a greater percentage of 600 
calories came from fat, but overall it's still less fat because seventy five percent of six hundred is less than seventy percent eight hundred. Yeah. So it, it's false all the way around. It was a selling point, mm-hmm. and I don't use this almost ever unless again I'm training with an advanced athlete, in which case. We're trying to monitor heart rate. In yeah, terms every of, little metric you're trying to add, yeah. you know, a little performance it would ha- increase. It would have to be someone very specific for me to get into this. Like you said, someone who is training, and like if you're you're training to increase their VO two, and that yeah. was that's like a, a specific goal. Like right, you want to do that, or their endurance. Right, we're trying to increase their endurance, so we're messing with all that stuff. But I, I can't remember the last time that I even told somebody what their target heart rate was. Mm-hmm. I mean, typically for me, I, I haven't used this. I haven't used this for for fifteen years. Yeah, I mean, you there's I mean? there's value to resting heart rate and like heart rate variability sure. and, and tracking with that. I, I feel like that's more valuable even than just going through the zones. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, even then, that's still on a, on a very high level of like trying to acquire all this biofeedback. And and don't get me wrong. I mean, if there's somebody who is making money off of off of this or pitching it, or is a doctor who who you know uh, is promoting something that's related to this, they could sit here and they could debate with us all day long because oh, there's science that supports that. What the, there's plenty of clinical trials. I'm sure they show numbers out, out the yin yang. Yeah. Well, the numbers that they'll show is fat oxidized versus not fat what oxidized. The, what you need to keep in mind is. Two things. Uh, result studies can show percentages of things changing from a measurement standpoint, but there's very few studies that show end result. Like, okay, these people actually lost more fat versus mm-hmm. these people. That's number one. Number two, we've trained for a long, long time. I've, I've been training for 20 years. I've been training people for 20 years, I should say. I've trained a lot of people, and I just know there's certain things you focus on that are going to be far more effective and other yep. things you just don't. And mm, That's it. And almost never, almost never do I focus on heart rate because it's almost like there's other things I can focus on that are going to affect your, your progress. If I start focusing on heart rate before I take care of all these other massive things, this person is going to get no results. They're going to be spending their time and energy on something that's negligible, almost negligible. Like you can do it, but it's very low on the totem pole. Very low. It is. It is. That's how I feel. Yeah. I feel like if I had a client that's been with me for like a year and we've like gone over like a lot of things, it's like, oh, you want to get into heart rate? We could talk a little bit about that. And exactly, you know, and typically this is how I do discuss this with a client. So if I ever do talk about this with a client, it's because they ask me. Mm Mm-hmm. You say, well, what's the deal with the target heart rate? Like, I hear that you need to be here, or I heard that's the only way you burn fat. And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me dispel mm-hmm. this for you. Let yeah. me explain how this works. But it doesn't really apply to us because I'm not really worried about that. Mm-hmm. Orange zone. <laughs> Brown. <laughs> Next up, Roweezy. Can you build muscle and lose fat at the same time? You can. Yeah. You can. There's um. That's another myth in fitness is that it's impossible to do that. I think the root of this... It lies in two places. The first place would be the bodybuilding, old school bodybuilding world where you either bulked or you cut. You know, you either ate in a massive surplus and lifted weights a particular way, or you went into a fat burning or, you know, cutting stage where you reduced everything and you added cardio and lifted weights a different way. And what they noticed was because they focused on gaining, they gained muscle and strength along with fat. And because when they focused on cutting, they lost fat, but they also lost muscle and strength. And so some of the myth is rooted in that. Um, some of the, the, the other side of the myth is it, its roots come in the fact that it's hard. It's not easy. It's yeah. not easy to do this yeah. because there is an anabolic 
uh, signal that comes from eating in a large surplus of calories mm-hmm. by itself. Mm-hmm. And there is a catabolic signal that happens from eating in a deficit all by itself. So by themselves, they can contribute to building muscle or losing muscle or gaining fat and losing fat, of course, the fat part. So there's that, there's that myth as well. But it, it, in, here's the thing. It requires, for you to be able to build muscle and lose body fat, it requires that things are all on point. Oh, yeah. That your diet is just, you're humming along with well, and nutrition. It's, and it's a longer period of time because like it's such Slower. a small, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very slow because you have to stay within the parameters, which are very slim. Right. So you can't go past like, like where you could go a little bit more extreme is if I was bulking, right? Mm-hmm. I could, I could pack on mass uh, quite a bit more quickly uh, as where I'm trying to stay lean and like gain uh, muscle mass. Yeah, well, and you have to send a really good signal with your workouts. Your, yeah. your, the anabolic muscle building signal has to be really done, well done and efficient for whatever you know space your body's in for it to decide that it at, at the same time it's reducing its energy storage, which is fat, that it also wants to increase its calorie burning potential with with expensive tissue like muscle. So it's kind of this like your body has to be it has you have to have all these signals and they have to be in sync for this to happen. That's what makes it so hard. Well, yeah. a, cu- a couple of things. One, when if if you're somebody who just started off, then uh, it's not that hard. This is a lot easier. Yeah. Mm. So uh, you know, picture a client who comes in, hires me, and he or she is hundred pounds overweight, and they haven't worked out either ever or in years. Uh, we're going to build muscle and lose body fat pretty quick and pretty easy because that like Sal, well, Sal was explaining how important the signals are. Well, guess what? When you haven't been sitting any signal for a very long time, uh, just touching weights is going to be a loud, different signal. And so the body is going to respond. So it's going to be mm-hmm. building because it hasn't even hit weights in so long. So easily this person is going to be building muscle. So even though their scale may be dropping pounds and pounds and pounds because they have a lot of body weight that they or body fat that they need to reduce and, so, and they're burning all these extra calories now. And so the scale's going down. They're definitely losing fat, but they're also building a lot of muscle too because it, this is a brand new signal. So In fact, I would say this is probably, if you do a good job, with most clients, this is usually what happens in the beginning, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you see it every almost every time. Well, and and I also this is also um, this is ideal. So this is what I want all my clients to kind of be at. But the the reality is, it's hard. So now that I give you the example of someone who hires hired me and they're brand new, whatever. Okay, well, how about somebody who's hired me and they've been training for ten plus years, they've been in pretty good shape most of their life, and they're hiring me to now get in a little bit better shape. That person is going to be a lot more challenging to work with. And that person too, I want them to be able to do this. But a lot of that is uh, a lot of coaching for me. I, I or There's a lot of coaching I need to do first with this person to get them to understand what's going to be going on. Like so, mm-hmm. um, And I'm actually, I have somebody right now that I'm helping out and she doesn't really need to lose a lot of weight. Like she's maybe 5, 10 total pounds. And so right now at the very beginning, all I, w- I don't want her to lose any weight. I actually want her weight to stay about the same because I know if I'm feeding her correctly and she's training correctly, she's probably losing a little bit of body fat, building a little bit of muscle, losing a little bit of body fat, building a little bit, which is keep, which is keeping her about the same on the scale. Mm-hmm. So as a trainer, knowing this is ideal, this is also really challenging uh, mentally for people because you hire somebody or you start work, even if you didn't hire a trainer, you're working out towards a goal. 
you know, you want to see these results on the scale. Everyone fucking goes to the and scale. You want to see gradual results. Yeah. You don't want to see it just like drops, like, you know, you, you 20 pounds. Well, that's what you, that's what we want, but people tend to want. They want the Well, they want it. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm saying as a trainer, you're trying yeah. to pull that back. That's the problem. The yeah. problem is that that's we know what's best for them, but it, they're going to be fighting that. So there's the challenge is that, you know, if you're staying, if you're lifting weights and you're eating properly and you weren't doing that months ago and the scale saying the same, you're probably one of these people. You're actually probably in the perfect place for your body. But that's where I see most people go wrong is they don't even know that they're in that perfect zone of dropping body fat, increasing muscle uh, because they're lifting weights and they're eating better. But because their results, they're not seeing the results fast enough. They make it. They, this is where they make a bad decision. Mm-hmm. This is where they go. Oh shit! I need to ramp it up. Yeah. I need to do I'm more. Bring it down to like a thousand calories. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to drop my calories super low, or I'm going to increase my my cardio or whatever. And now I want. Okay, good. Now I lost three or five pounds. But what they didn't know was they were actually in a better place before they started doing that. So mm-hmm. absolutely, it's very possible to build muscle and lose body fat. It takes more mental discipline. It takes more focus. It takes more patience. Yeah. But it is the ideal way to do things because then you aren't putting extra stress on the body that you don't need to. Because if you if you go into these hard bulks or these hard cuts, that's more stress that you're applying to the body that you don't necessarily need to do to achieve the same results. Something else you want to keep in mind with this particular topic as well is that an optimal hormone uh, environment, hormonal environment, will promote this, and in suboptimal hormonal environment, will promote the opposite. So if you're, you know, in a state of super high or just long-term stress, and cortisol stays elevated for longer periods of time, and other anabolic hormones lower, and insulin sensitivity is poor. You're with the same calories and the same ex- exercise, uh, you know, regime. Studies have pointed; several studies have pointed to increased fat storage and reduced muscle, or inc- or changes in where you store fat. You know, increased, uh, you know, f- fat storage around the midsection is pretty strongly correlated now to higher cortisol levels and lower testosterone levels. And so, you know, to, you want to be in this like build muscle, lose fat. Um, range. So that's another reason why it's so hard. That's like all everything's got to be in place, if, especially if you're experienced, for this to happen. If you're a beginner, like Adam was saying, those signals are pff, they're they're real loud to your body, real easy. If you're experienced, you got to be in a nice, perfect state, man. Shit has to be dialed. So, K Matos one. Can you discuss the obstacles you've overcome as entrepreneurs? Oh, read it. I think there was oh, a lot, yeah, there was a lot more a to that. Question. There's a lot more to that. I sent that over to the group thread. Uh, can you guys discuss some of the obstacles you've overcome as entrepreneurs, as individuals? Like with Mind Pump, how has, how has your individual failures and successes helped continue to build Mind Pump today? You know, and he's asking about like are any of our disagreements as well within Mind Pump, you know, opportunity costs, startup costs, all that stuff. I can tell you on a personal level, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur uh, – since I haven't worked for someone since I was 22. So since I was 22, I've been working for myself. And one of the biggest, initially biggest uh, challenges that I had was I had come from a large fitness organization. I had come from 24 Hour Fitness. I had opened, grand opened some of their biggest clubs and run some of their biggest gyms. And I had to my disposal, at my disposal, a, a 
pretty large marketing budget, uh, a large machine that came behind me in terms of promoting whatever I was doing, uh, hiring, you know, firing wasn't as, as difficult because it was easy to replace people. Um, I had a captive audience because I had this big gym with thousands of workouts every day, you know, lots of visibility. I had brand recognition. So going in and making, you know, big changes, like I could go into a club and double its revenue, double. I mean, which is ridiculous, right? Uh, but I could do that within a month, no problem. Doing that on your own with without brand recognition, without anybody knowing who you are, you having to go out and do the stuff without nearly as much exposure. I don't have thousands of workouts. I don't have uh, hiring people or bringing people on board is more difficult because I don't have this big company that I can, you know, imagine trying to hire someone from Google for Google. You can have a million and one you know, applicants versus, hey, you know, you want to work for my startup that's in my garage. Um, and so I found it, it was very different. Like all of a sudden, if I wanted to affect the bottom line, it was a lot harder. I had to do a lot of things. It was more difficult to maneuver and move certain things. There were positives to it as well, but I found that it was a more difficult road. And of course, uh, risk-taking, um, you know, I learned a, a valuable lesson with risk-taking because before I had kids, I took massive risks with my money. It was easy. I mean, I, I left uh, running big health clubs, took my entire savings, which is a substantial amount. I had a lot of money and dumped it all uh, on a gym and didn't think twice about it because if I lost it, you know, in my mind, I didn't even, first of all, I didn't even process if I lost it. But I didn't have to process. It was me. I live with my parents. Who gives a shit, right? Now having kids and having a family and having responsibility and having a home, you know, holy shit, if I lose this money now, there's more people being affected. So I had to learn and maneuver, you know, that or, or handle that particular obstacle of taking risks or being more calculated and how that would change my decision-making process. So that was those were two big things. Uh, moving forward, and I'm glad I had uh, a small business on my own before starting a business like this with you guys because it uh, it definitely made me a better entrepreneur in many different ways. It made me more patient in other some ways. It made me more motivated in other ways. It made me understand uh, the business cycle, and you know I have more experience. Um, and where I want to go. It also helped me understand um, and appreciate other people's input more than when I first started, you know, working on my own. So being an entrepreneur is a constant learning. Uh, it's all, it's constant learning challenges, constant. I mean, nothing will challenge you. Maybe being a parent is probably the other thing that'll do it. Like you are constantly challenging yourself um, on, uh, you know, how to grow and learn and, uh, you know, how to react and behave because uh, it's you. You can't blame it on anybody else. You can't just leave and go to another company. Um, if you fail, you got to look in the mirror. You're kind of forced to in a big fucking way. It's easy to make excuses when you work for other people. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I was with that shitty company. It was bad management. Yeah. Like, you work for yourself and you're, if something doesn't work, you got to kind of look in the mirror. Like, well, I something I did, I did some shit wrong. Like, yeah, what was it? stops with you. Yeah, yeah, what did I do wrong? And you got to accept it. That's really difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but it's this constant learning, uh, curve. And when you meet entrepreneurs that are very successful, um, on the surface, it looks like these people just had everything going for them and they hit it. They hit the big leagues and, 
they had a product that took off or they had a company that took off and you're like, wow, man, that person was a genius and they were lucky, right? Mm -hmm. But what you don't know is before their product took off, like that dude or girl like has been fucking trying for a long time with different things. Like, you know, that, that actor that all of a sudden became successful, like lived in a car for five years or Mm -hmm. that dude that opened up that, that chain of, you know, restaurants that got successful, like, like had a bunch of shit that failed before. Or, you know, I have a buddy who, uh, went bankrupt several times, like several times went bankrupt, lost houses, Mm -hmm. went from hero to zero, you know, and now is very, very successful. But if you... If you just heard of his story of his last company, it sounds like this miraculous thing that happened. You know, like, oh, wow, within a year you became a millionaire. Well, I actually think that's the num- like the number one thing that's important to me. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's there's three things that come to mind right away, like with um, with this, like as far as the obstacles of, of entrepreneurship that, you know, I've dealt with. And I think uh, fail- failure, mentors, and books. And I think uh, number one, failures. I think it's weird, but you have to have this mentality of, or at least I have this mentality. I should say you don't have to, there's obviously many ways you can make your millions, but I found that it was, uh, it was like a race to how many times I could fail. And you, and I embraced the failure part of business as much as the success part of business. And because each time you failed, it was always a great learning experience. Now, do you find, I want to ask you this question because you and I, are very similar on that because I'm like that too. Justin is too. We talk about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you ever mind fuck yourself with that and think to yourself like, what if I'm just doing that to cope? You know what I mean? To like make myself feel better about the fact that I'm sucking. Do you ever do you ever get in that loop a little bit where you're like self doubt? Maybe maybe I did early on. How did uh, you deal with it? Um, I don't, well I don't even know if I did. I'm trying to just I'm trying to think back right now if I ever. I early I early on figured out this that the the more i failed the the quicker i would get to this because every book i read every story i read every millionaire i met always had this they had all different things that maybe they had been through and books the different books that they had read and different people they had surrounded themselves but one of the things they all had in common was they never nailed it the first time none of them did none of them none of them nailed it the first 5 times or yeah. the first 10 times exactly and this is what i mean by it was a race to how many like I wanted, I want to, I wanted, I like one of the things I pride myself on right now is that I can say that I've, you know, I've done, you know, 15, 20 different businesses. Like I've, and lots of those were, were failures or didn't turn into what I expected them to turn into. And some of them never turned into anything whatsoever. So that to me was like, I needed to get that under my belt. Like I felt mm-hmm. like I had, so who cares? And this is also why too, I think that, and I see this a lot with, with my peers and people around me that are entrepreneurs that, um, you know, procrastinate so much, you know, they just, uh, you know, paralysis by analysis. Mm-hmm. They're, they're constantly analyzing their idea and focusing on all these little details of the business. Just afraid it's to safe. Move. And it, yeah. And it reminds me of like how we talk to clients about getting in shape. It's like, you're so worried about the type of gym you're in, your target heart rate, all this other bullshit. It's like, starting is the fucking biggest thing you know getting your ass moving in the right direction so business i find is very similar is like 
when you have an idea and especially if you're passionate about it fucking do it and yeah. start doing it now don't try and like oh i want to make sure i got this right and make sure like my mentality was i'm gonna go i'm gonna run at this as hard as i can i'm probably gonna hit a wall and mm-hmm. it's probably gonna hurt but I'm going to probably figure out how to get around that wall or over that wall if I hit that fucking thing enough time. So for me, failures was the first and foremost, was getting getting that out. Getting yeah, out. I think to, to kind of piggyback on that too, uh, it's also recognizing a failed project. So um, That's a big one. That's Oof. a hard thing to do. It's hard for, to like, let go. Because this is what's going to determine whether you're an entrepreneur or you're an artist. Because people that want to hold on to that idea in the midst of failure, in the midst of criticism, and, um, you know, where they're just not going to let it die, um, you know, you're, you're just too, you hold on too tightly to that. And so this has definitely been one of the the lessons that I've learned through all of my different failures and all of my different like ideas and things that I just, I just go 100% into it. Uh, you have to start assessing. And so there's like this, this fine balance with, with listening to criticism, getting feedback, but also being like, like so passionate about driving it to, to the finish line, regardless of, uh, you know, negative things and obstacles in between. You just have to keep that constant communication between both sides. Okay, what's what's the market here? Is is there even a market for it? See, uh, you know, all that stuff. It's 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 a it's a working living thing. See, I that's I had a massive learning experience right around those lines. Uh, uh, you know, in my career, I early on in my career, I everything I touched succeeded. Um, everything I did was the best. This is how I would, I'd go into it. I first became a trainer and I blew things away. Then I became a fitness manager and I blew things away. And then I would manage gyms and I was just, everything I put my hands on, I was the best. And that in some ways was awesome. And in other ways it was very, very bad. It was bad because, uh, as a kid taught you bad habits. Well, besides that, it was, it goes even deeper than that, Adam. I mean, Yes, it did, but it goes deeper than that because as a kid, I was, you know, my parents were very positive and family and I was always told that you're going to do great things and, you know, this and that and, you know, I, I really believe them and then I was the oldest of four, so I assumed this leadership role and so I have this supreme sense of self-confidence, uh, like I can do anything and I, 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 honestly, that's part of who I am and so here I am now getting into these gyms, 18 years old, 19 years old, and just blowing the doors off of, you know, people. And it's reinforcing this belief that I'm special. It's reinforcing this belief that I'm somehow this gifted, you know, individual who's amazing. You're the best And this is why that's bad. Because then I went into doing it on my own. Now, if you go in, if you uh, are working at a company and you're just one of the top people at your company and you think, wow, I'm going to go work on my own and I'm just going to fucking crush it. The order of magnitude in terms of difficulty and of succeeding on your own versus working for someone else is it's, it's tremendous. Like it's way more difficult to be a, a very, to be a very successful personal trainer on your own than it is to be a very successful personal trainer in a chain of gyms. This is a fact. Um, we've talked about this many times. If you can't succeed in a chain of gyms as a trainer or sales guy, or whatever, the chances are you won't be able to do it on your own. It's a fact. It's, there are some people that may be able to, but for the most part, it's a big signal, right? 
So I went to go do work on my own and it was way more difficult, way more difficult. I had to buy this facility. I invested lots of money in it. I had to bring people on board. I had to worry about all this organization. I had to you know, do all these different things. It was a much bigger challenge doing it that way. And <clears throat> I did succeed, but it was much slower. It wasn't like when I was at the gym in the, in the gym industry where I walk in and just fucking blow it up. I walked in, I had to grind all of a sudden. And it was like this slow process. And it was like, what's going on here? Um, and then at one point I was doing pretty well and I decided to expand and I opened a second location, which up until this point, a lot of my success was dependent on me, me, I'm the driver. I'm the one in there making it happen. And now I have two locations. Now I'm spread thin, very difficult, much different. And I had to abandon ship. And the lessons that I learned from that were absolutely just so valuable to me. And one of the lessons that I learned was my supreme confidence wasn't in that I'm some fucking brilliant, like amazing person that can go in and just crush. My supreme confidence is in the fact that no matter what happens, whether I succeed or fail, I'm going to come out of it better. And that's where I rest my confidence now. I think, Adam, you were talking about that. Like, you know, whether you win or lose, you're going to come out better. You're going to learn from it. Yeah. It's not that you're fucking 100% I'm going to succeed every time. That's not even the point. And there, of course, you're going in there feeling I, you're going to succeed. It's yeah, just- but I go, I literally go in <clears throat> to any any idea that I have with this. Um, I, I'm passionate about it. I think it's a great idea. And I'm going to go at it as hard as I can. But I am fully okay with it not being a mm-hmm. good idea. But I'm going to find that out. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to find that out firsthand. Exactly. I'm not going to fucking wait from somebody else to do it or you know, hear somebody else's opinion. If I feel passionate about something so passionate that I want to start a business in it, I'm going to fucking do it. And, when it, and, and if it fails, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk. I'm not going to hold on to it too long like Justin was saying. I'm going to cut my ties on it. I'm going to, I'm going to, learn, I'm going to learn from it. And then I'm going, to, I'm going to be that much better when I go after the next one. So yeah. I think that is a, uh, an important formula to, to reaching a certain level of success of being able to turn those over at, at a fast enough rate that it doesn't it doesn't beat you up because a lot of people get beat up over that and they they dwell on it for too long. Where me, I I embrace it and say like, awesome. I learned that you don't do that. Mm-hmm. I learned that you don't do that. I learned that you got to do this. The other thing that is is for sure a very very close second is uh, mentors and mentors don't always necessarily have to be someone who's way older and wiser. Um, but the people that are in your, your direct circle, and I, you know, I don't remember where I was just reading, uh, recently where they're talking about, they say that your, uh, your average income will be the average of the five people that you hang out with the most. So, you know, take a look at your circle of people that you spend the most time with and take their, their income, the five of them and ask yourself if that their average is the amount of, of money that you're okay with making. Now, some people don't, they don't care. They're not driven that way. They don't care if their five best friends all make thirty grand a year and 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 they make fifty or they happen to be above on that whatever. And that's not your thing. But there is something to be said about continually to surround yourself with people that are at your level or a higher level in business. Because uh, I don't know how many great conversations I've had with men that are and women that are 
more successful than I am and being able to pick their brain and throw ideas at them and have them critique the things that you're doing. And I mean, I just like, I'm, I love to be a sponge and to surround myself like that. Yeah. But I will say that this was a, this was a hard transition in my mid twenties because in my mid twenties, I was still hanging out with my high school and college buddies a majority of the time. And you know, two of my high school buddies are very successful guys, so that's okay because they're my best friends, and that's part of the reason why they're my childhood best friends and still best friends. But then the other group of people that I was hanging out with, maybe buddies that I was going out to the clubs with or flying out to Vegas or partying and doing things with and, you know, or other trainers that I liked and we got we got along, but then they weren't very successful at what they did. And so I started to uh, to change my circle of influence and it's hard when you are attached to people because there's there's times that you're attached to friends for other reasons that aren't about making money and business. And, you know, when I became very driven and I remember reading this and, and I'm like, man, I've got to change like I got to change something because what's happening in my life currently right now is not getting me ahead like I want to. And part of that was letting go of people in my life and surrounding myself around those that were going to help elevate me. Mm-hmm. So to me, I, I can't stress that enough as something that, um, you know, I know it's not a direct obstacle other than the fact that it was tough for me to get rid of people in my life. But, you know, you got to. If those if that person or those people aren't aren't uh, helping elevate you, uh, they're most certainly holding you, holding you back. Most people now, I, and I this probably isn't this person or, or whatever, but most people to ask me questions like this as far as like, well, what's – What's the obstacles? What's the the barriers that you know you're you've experienced while developing this product or doing this podcast or doing whatever? Like most people in that situation um, are already in that category of paralysis by analysis. From from my perspective, if you have to ask me that question and you're not already in it, then you don't have you're not an entrepreneur yet. Like you're like ideas for me are invaluable. Like or not valuable, I should say. Ideas are just ideas until you actually put the moving parts together and you just decide that you're going to go step into it and do it. Uh, you can always pull out of it uh, depending on how much you invest into it. But um, you know, the, like all these obstacles and all, you have to experience the obstacles as they come at you. It's not it's not always predictable. Mm-hmm. And so the biggest the lesson too that I've <clears throat> experienced in creating things and like it like it there's no book for this you know and there there are books for this which is hilarious to me because it doesn't apply to like each individual product or business they all experience different trials and obstacles it's it's about having the right people around you like adam's saying but it's it's it, a lot of that is their mindset even in it because the the obstacles are what squash startups and a lot of times if you don't have the ability to overcome these obstacles and think your way around problem solving, um, you know, you're never going to make it. Yeah, it's funny. I'll, I'll see people who are not very talented, maybe don't have a great idea, from my opinion, but I recognize just how relentless they are mm-hmm. and how hard they work. That's it. And there's several people that we know that we talk about that are like this. I don't want to name names, obviously, because that would be, I'd be hurting their feelings um, if they were listening, but. There's people that I know who, you know, I'm like, well, well, you're not the most talented person. You don't have the greatest idea, but God damn it. You are relentless. (laughs) You are a horse. You are hardworking. You're not quitting. And I know like if they were a stock, I would invest money in them for Mm -hmm. sure. I would definitely say one of your ideas is going to do 
at least a moderate level of success. You might not blow up, but you're going to be successful. And I know it's going to happen because you just don't quit and you continue to grow and learn. And then there's people who I've met who are super intelligent, great idea, but they just don't want to take the steps. They're afraid of taking any risk. It ain't going anywhere, man. You're not going to swing the bat. You're not going to hit the ball. That's it. I don't care how good. Yeah. A big a big obstacle too that I think I is really common in in every business that I ever did too was I don't care <laughs> how much I I was ready for it how much I planned for it uh, how much I compared other other businesses like it it always ends up taking more time and making and costing more money like it mm-hmm. every time yeah. it does not <laughs> it's like okay it's, what's the projected bu- uh, budget yeah, yeah let's go ahead and double that yeah add 20% always 30%. it all and i know it sounds cliche to say that but you you just got to open up you got to know that you have to know that when you get into this monster that it's going to take more time than you expected. It's going to cost you more money than you expected. It's going to be harder than you expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter how great of an idea you think it is and how easy it's going to be, it never is. And anything worth anything isn't. You know, Anything that's ever fucking been worth anything at all as far as succeeding at it is always fucking hard. Yeah. It's always hard. It's always longer than you expected. I, Lane Norton said it best when he said, you know, success is the battle of attrition. So true. You literally are, you know, I don't know how many times we looked at each other when we were starting this business and it was like, fuck, any day now, any day now, when are we, we going to finally reap some of the benefits for all these hours, you know, all our, this free time that we're giving yeah. and stuff? And our experience uh, helped us a lot because we all walked into this with a lot of experience. And had we not been as experienced, let's say we were just young, hungry, aggressive, unexperienced entrepreneurs. One of the things that we may have made a mistake on would have been that we may have tried to monetize too early. Mm-hmm. Like, because we had people when we first started. And it would have been deflating. It would have been deflating. Mm-hmm. We we initially had supplement companies and all these companies coming after us, trying to pay us. And we were looking long term. We knew what our message was. We knew we, we needed to maintain our integrity. And we wanted to build an audience and give people, build lots of value. So we did this for a year without making a fucking cent. You know, that's, to, a, you know? that's a really good point. You remind me of something. I just had this talk with somebody else. <clears throat> we were discussing how much, you know, God, now that we've been doing business for, you know, 15 plus years of my life, it's been fascinating to me to watch how much it's evolved and changed over the last five to 10 years. And, you know, a lot of companies have taken a page out of like the Facebook model when you look at um, you know your Netflix and Google's and um, all of these companies that are up and coming or monsters now, and uh, it's really about building this network. And we're in this we're in this age now where <clears throat> we can get content delivered to you know a consumer like instantaneously, and it's mm-hmm. like super quality, you know, and fast and accessible and user-friendly and, you know, and there's so much free information that we're in a content war. Mm-hmm. And the sooner that you realize it, so if you're on in an online business, if you happen to be somebody who thinks they're going to go out and start a brick and mortar right now, I guess, good luck. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're in this, this era now where we can reach all over the world, which is awesome for business. It's exciting time. It's an exciting time because you can have an, if we, it's just different, <laughs> what we're it's doing, different. what we're doing as a business right now would not exist 15, mm-hmm. 20 years ago. It just wouldn't like, Oh my God, how much money would it cost to deliver <laughs> 
all the information. Yeah, we'd be in a CD store at Sam Goody. We would have invested and you'd have half to a million dollars. Come find, yeah, no, it would just would not happen. So, you know, we're in this time where, you know, YouTubers now, can, I'm, Thursday I'm going to a concert <clears throat> to see a, you know, YouTube sensation, somebody who, and she's from Australia and traveling all over the world now and probably making millions and nobody knew who she was like two years ago. Like that's so fucking fascinating to me that we have this ability now knowing that um you know something that i it took me a while to kind of put this together for this business was you know sal brought it up like you know we probably would have monetized earlier and there we everybody when you start putting work into a business and you start building it everybody wants to get paid back like obviously that's why you're working right you're you're busting your ass you're working these long hours because you want to get fucking paid so I understand the desire to let's sell this or let's start making money or let's turn the fucking switch on. But really, we're in a different time now. Really, it's it's about building your network, you know, and, you know, your true. I've said this a bunch of times in this podcast, too, that your true net, um, your true net worth is your net circle. And, you know, we are we are in this race to just build your circle and how big can you. And if that requires you to give a ton of good, free information then that's kind of the model right now. It's really similar, like I said, to like your Facebook, your Netflix. They they give out so much good free content that it becomes a no-brainer that, of course, I would pay that $9 a month or, of course, I would buy a program from these guys. They've given me 400 hours full of information that a lot of our consumers they, they, I remember when we first started monetizing, it, we waited till we were like 100-something episodes in. And so when they did purchase from us, it was like, you know, I don't even care what's in it. I feel like I owe these guys, you know, a hundred and something bucks just because I've listened to them for over hundreds of hours of information. And and so our goal is to constantly be inundating the consumer with good free information and entertaining information for them. So we get them in our in our network. And then in there, I'm sure we'll find something where they want to purchase and we end up either being the person who can deliver that or are somebody who can connect that. It's an interesting relationship building process, isn't it? Yeah. Which, which is new. Very. It's, it's very new in the market. Very, very different. Yeah. And the sooner you realize that this is the future of how business will be done, um, you know, it's the, the, the more successful you're going to be. I mean, be. Facebook didn't make money for a long time, right? They very did, long time. Yeah, for a very, very long yeah. time. And now they're one of the more powerful. And they could have. The, the point that most people don't understand yeah, about the fan base. is they could have. You know, there was a time when they had a million people and they could have been selling advertisement all over the place and they could have sold the company and they could have done a lot of different things like that. But, you know, what they what, you know, Zuckerberg knew and what uh, some of your, your big guys know now and some of these monster companies is that, you know, the money will come. In fact, that's there's actually a, a, a model where you build an app or a website that's free or at least operates at even a small loss. You build a massive audience mm-hmm. and then you sell that company to a large company like Facebook. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I own this, you know, app that we have, you know, 20 yeah, million subscribers. Sell all of their data. Yeah. They just want that. They just want that. Well, we're in the age people. of data. Yeah. I mean, and so that's the thing too. Like you got to, like that's another thing that um, is is part of business that was mm-hmm. not really like a focus because the more analytics and the more things that we can extract from every, from people's daily lives, that becomes very valuable to big businesses. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, along those lines, there's plenty of opportunities out there to have an idea where you see a need in the market and pursue it. But you just have to be uh, 100% like uh, available to risk um, and put yourself out there, not make 
barely any money, get criticized for what you're doing, and you just got to just keep at it. It's a lot like dating. Yeah. You just go, it's all, it's <laughs> totally a, like dating. It's a dude. lot of like it's a lot the like wizard. dating. The more the the more chicks you bang, oh, the better the better man oh. you'll be in a relationship. That's so a great way to end. You do you yeah. got to get as many yeah. un, many as you under your belt, belt. Yeah. and the the better you will be in your relationship. Yeah, right. Many better. positions as possible. I don't know if that's good advice, but it's definitely know. wizardly advice. Sure. Uh, Eldoa coming up. This is a certification that's happening here in March at Mind Pump Media Studios. Uh, it's on March 11th and 12th. Eldoa is a very valuable, especially if you're a corrective exercise-based trainer or you're a trainer that really wants to add value to what you do for your clients. Eldoa is a method of creating traction uh, in the body naturally uh, through fascia stretching to lengthen the spine and alleviate pain. It's actually very fascinating certification course. It's an up and coming one. No, I'm very excited to be a part. I'm of I'm excited one. to be a part of one. It's happening here, March 11th and 12th. You can sign up for it. I believe the website, if I'm not mistaken, is is it Beach uh, Beach Fitness? Yeah, Beach Fitness, upper right hand corner. There's a drop down menu. That's where you sign up. And there's a go to Mind Pump Media. <clears throat> there's an event section there. Oh, beautiful! And you just click on that. And there you oh. go. Uh, listen, if you like beautiful. Mind Pump, leave us a five star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump t-shirt. Also, YouTube. We got a great YouTube channel. We drop one video every single day. It's Mind Pump TV. Subscribe now. Get a brand new video on exercise, nutrition, fitness, whatever. Learn something new every single day. It's on YouTube. Also, Instagram. Check us out. Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and Justin's at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.